screen. Uh, if you've been with us for the past two weeks, as we've been in this study of wonder and intercession, as I mean, if you haven't been here, that's okay. Okay, this 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 one here today stands alone. Uh, on the other hand, if you have been here, this is all going to melt together. So I want to get into some things here this morning as we've been talking about wonder. And in that wonder, we've also understood what intercession is. And today I want to take that to another level, in another realm, so to speak of. So I'm going to ask you to read along with me this morning from Romans chapter 8. In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints. How? According to the will of God. Now, before you sit back and think I'm going to get into these deep theological things, no. My mission here today is to introduce you to the Holy Spirit. Let me say this. I don't think anybody here this morning in this place is here in order to be told what you've been told for the past 100 years. Who wants to, really, who wants to waste the gas to get here to hear what you've heard before? You're not used to hearing stuff like this, I know. But I'm, I'm being pointed here. For so long, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just put it this way, the church has, how do I say this, devalued. They, it has dispensed with the Holy Spirit. And I, I won't pull any punches about that because in, in a lot of ways, either we devalue him or in some places we sensationalize him. And both are so far on the extreme. See, it, it has the church has opted in, instead for many, many years for an intellectual Christianity, something that... Uh, that appealed just to the brain, the mind. And, and this really goes all the way back to about the 6th or the 7th century. And at that same time, we had, I'm giving you a little history here, we had at the same time an introduction to the New Testament. I don't know if you realize it, but for about 400 years in the church from its birth, 400 years down the road, that, that was before they even had a Bible. When, when, when we read in the New Testament of scriptures that, that either refer to the Old Testament or the, 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 the floating around the churches of letters from like Paul and, and Peter, they, they didn't have anything, in the early church, they didn't have anything like what we call the New Testament. The incoming of the New Testament, the church officially and, 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 and posthumously said that there is no more 
need for the Holy Spirit. And as a result, that has been true all the way through to today. It was about 300 years ago that the evangelical world, especially here in the West, that it, it, it declared the very same thing that was declared back in the 6th, 7th century. Only it was fresh now and up to date and is the way that most churches look at life. So practically speaking, by a big swath of the brush, the church really believes in Father, Son, and the Holy Bible. It's all about my knowledge of what I meet in the Bible and very little, if any, reference to the Holy Spirit. So, when we come to the New Testament, of course, it's jam-packed, filled of the Holy Spirit. They, 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 and, and so, the, <laughs> the way the majority of Christianity looks at it is that they just dismiss it. It was for the early church. It isn't for us anymore. So I'll say it again. You didn't come here to hear what you've always heard. So what I'm saying to you here this morning, and you're looking at me like we're getting ready to get on some dangerous ground. No, we're getting ready to get on some personal ground. So I'm saying, don't freak out. Let the Holy Spirit introduce himself to you. Man, we could spend an hour on just that line. Let the Holy Spirit introduce himself to you. There, there's a, um, a quote that's given in the beginning of, of a movie called Lord of the Rings. And believe it or not, it, it's, it's like Narnia. Both films are just filled with theological background. The guy who wrote Lord of the Rings is a believer. So, he, but this is what he says. I, I love this statement. Are you ready? You got it right there. He said, much that once was, was lost. For nobody lived who could remember it. Some things that should not have been forgotten were lost, and history became a legend, and legend became a myth. Do you follow what, that, what, what he's saying there? Somewhere back there, they forgot. They, they lost it. And now at this point in time, I tell you the stories of the New Testament, and it sounds more like a fairy tale. It, it's beyond legend because it's become a myth. The fact is, when people today are introduced to a real living Holy Spirit, then we're looking at like we've, you know, driven off the map somewhere. That, that, that you know, we're, we're crazy. There are denominations that will look at, at this house, this church. You might not know this, but they, they consider that we're of the devil. Now, some of you might be. I can agree with. No, I'm just kidding. But, but I mean, that, that's, that's the unfortunate thing. We have come to the person. Everybody say person. Okay, thank you all four of you. We have come to the person, God, the Holy Spirit, 
who dominates the New Testament and were looked upon like, you know, weirdos in the, whole, in, in the wilderness. Do you understand? It's because so many things were forgotten. So many things deliberately, intentionally put aside. And the result is that when we look back, it's forgotten and is now looked upon as, as a, a total, I'll say, weirdness. This, this passage that, that we just read is, is one such passage. So let me jump right into it this morning, okay? Paul makes a statement at the very beginning of this verse that should shock us all. Oh, I love it. I get so excited at stuff like this. He said, are you ready? He said, we do not know how to pray as we ought to. Now, if I'm speaking to new believers, people that, you know, had never really been introduced to, to, to what prayer is, and they stumble around, you know what I'm saying? They, they, they don't know how to pray. That wouldn't be shocking. But Paul said here, we. Look at your, take a look at your neighbor. Do they look like a we? Come on, we, we. We, we, everybody say it with me. We do not know how to pray as we ought. And that is Paul including himself. He didn't say, hey, you guys, you don't know how to pray. Paul. Paul, he had received, you know, the mysteries that no one understood until Jesus came. And it was Paul who, who uncovered that and gave us most of the New Testament. This person who had such an association with the Holy Spirit, leading him, guiding him, teaching him. He's the one who says here without any apologies, we do not know how to pray as we ought to. That we huh, includes every believer in this place. If Paul says he doesn't know how to pray as they ought, that includes me. We do not know how to pray as we ought. And you know why this excites me? I go, oh, thank goodness, what a relief. I have been given permission not to know how to pray as I ought to. Relax, you uptight things. No shame. No, I should be a better Christian. I should be better at this. No. We. We. He doesn't suggest that it is a sinful weakness. No. He states this as an absolute fact without any apology, he, without any shame, without any suggestion that there's something sinfully wrong with a person who doesn't know how to pray. He says there is the weakness that we have that we don't know how to pray. It's not only how to pray, but it's also what to do. This is a man 
who's at the end of his rope in, in one sense. I don't know how to pray. That means that the most vital piece of equipment in my life, the ability to pray, if I don't know that, then I'm in real trouble. My last hope was that I could pray. And now I don't know how. In fact, I really don't know what to say. And, and, I, and I'm caught. You know, should I pray this? Or, or, or should I pray that? I, I don't know. What should I, what am I going to do with this? I don't know. And it's not just I don't know how to put words together. I don't know the contents. I don't know what to pray for. Listen. Listen, listen, listen. It is this weakness. I don't know how to pray as I ought. It is that weakness that is the secret of life that you see portrayed in the New Testament. Please hear that. In fact, remember what Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. He, he, it's around verse 9. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And you find it, don't you? Listen, I, ha I, have, come, I, I, I have to come to the point of weakness and, and recognize it. Relax in it. And, and realize this is the way it's supposed to be. And in that moment, I've discovered the secret. Now I have been confronted with the reality of my relationship in the Holy Spirit. It is my weakness. It is my inability to even know what to say or how to say it. And the Holy Spirit then, I, I suddenly realize, He is as real as Jesus is real. He is not some you know, floating cloud of feeling. He is a real person who is the actual key to my whole Christian life. When we come to this, I, I, don't, I don't know how. That is the very heart of the living Christian life. I don't know how. Say that with me. I don't know how. I've come to the end of my self-sufficient way. And the result, I'm cast upon the Holy Spirit. It's called abandoned abandoned. I've got nowhere else to turn, and that leads me to realize everything hinges upon relationship. Not knowing about, not knowing relationship with the Holy Spirit. And, and, and I, I get that because, look, I, I'm in Christ, and Christ in me. I am face to face with the Father. Listen, that changes what prayer is. 
This is, this is part of that verse. Prayer. Prayer is not trying to convince God that he should do something that he's unwilling to do. You're not trying to get the attention of a God who is bored with you or, or, or disinterested in you. That, that's not prayer. Prayer is being part of God, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, in His passionate desire to bring substance with history, the original intention that they had before creation, and that was achieved when Jesus died and He rose again. God, the Holy Trinity, they are passionate. Okay, let me simplify that, okay? Prayer is not making God do something. It's me and Him doing it with Him. It's me in Him doing it with me. It's me in Him doing it with me. We're praying with Him, not at Him. Somebody hear that. We're praying with Him, not at Him. Oh, hello, somebody. How many know He's on our side? We're you do understand we're bound up in him. When I come to Jesus, I'm coming to the Holy Spirit. And when I, I go to the Holy Spirit, I'm coming to the Father. We are all bound together, intertwined together. You know, I, I gave you an example weeks ago about our, our rhododendron we have out in the, in, the, in the front of our house there. And it, it just frustrates and frustrates. Because we got this vine that keeps growing up and winding itself all over, and you can't just pull it out. It's become one with that philodendron, and 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 it's like you pull and you're ripping half it. You can't pull it and rip it out because it it rips. So let me ask you a question: What do you think of the Holy Spirit? And boy, have I had some answers on that one before. I mean, seriously. What do you think of the Holy Spirit? Oh, well, you know. The Holy Spirit is a person. The person. The Holy Spirit is not a feeling. That's your response to the Holy Spirit. Nothing wrong with that. The Holy Spirit is not an experience. You had the experience. There's nothing wrong with that. The Holy Spirit is the limitless person Person, explanation point. Please understand me when I say he is co-equal with the, 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 the person of the Father and with the person of the Son. And he is infused through every part of my mortal body. And that's, can I say it this way? It's bigger than my body. And I'm, I'm you know, I've got a pretty good body. But... I understand, you know, you, you yourself, your, your energy goes out from you, right? It impacts, it influences. It so the Holy Spirit encases you. Do you remember Jesus saying, 
that the Holy Spirit will teach you in you. And he, the Holy Spirit, tells you as a result, you are a child of God. I can tell you, I can tell you you're a child of God till I'm blue in the face. But it's the Holy Spirit that witnesses with your spirit. And you'll soon learn that when the Holy Spirit does that, I don't care what anybody says to you. I know who I am because of what he has said to me. Jesus said he will guide you into all truth. Now, the word guide there, it's, it's very specific. It means to take someone by the hand and let them guide you where you've never been before into unknown territory. Take a look at that definition again. It means to take somebody by the hand and let them guide you where you have never been before. It's an unknown territory. Friend, I'm going to tell you straight up because the Holy Spirit is going to take us into the world of God who loves you, who is passionate. Look, that's a wonder. I've never been here before. I've, I've never walked through this before. It's a wonder. Look, the Holy Spirit takes you where eyes have never seen, ears have never heard, has never entered in the imagination of man. He said, that's the Christian life. And the Holy Spirit reveals that. You know, I get a kick going down 59 once I get past uh, uh, A&W. I got to get past A&W first. But, you know, I go down there at night, and, and it's neat because I always look at these houses. They look so nice off. You know, I got all that lit up light on them and everything else. You know what I'm talking about? You know, they, they, look, they look, really do look good. I think, man, we got to light up the church some more, you know, or something like that. And then it dawned on me the other day, you know what? I see the houses lit up, and I look at the house, but I never look at the source of light. I never look at the light bulb. Does that make sense? <laughs> You're saying, well, yeah, why would you look at the light bulb? Because it's the source of the light. That, that's what I'm trying to say. Hmm. That's the Holy Spirit. He, he, he sort of plays that in, in, in the back kind of thing sometimes. Now understand, in the language of the New Testament, that's called paraclete. Paraclete. And paraclete means it comes alongside. We, we get... We get our word paramedic is, is one who comes alongside to be the connection, right? The intercessor between you and, and the hospital, the medical work, so forth and so on. So it, it's, 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 it's paraclete, Holy Spirit. Par it means he comes alongside and he's got counsel. He's got strength to give me. His best words to me are, I'll handle this. I'll handle it. Look, he speaks where? Where does he speak? He speaks inside of us. And when he speaks, my friend, trust me, you're going to know. Because it's very 
different to me speaking to myself. I do talk to myself quite a bit. And I even answer myself every now and then. But his voice is very distinct. His voice is love. But you know immediately that this is his voice. I mean, l- let's face it. I can be in a crowd, right? And then all of a sudden, Kathy calls me in the crowd. And I know her voice. So I have to make a decision to either come to her or run away from her, one of the two. She's in the nursery, so I'm not, it's okay. But you, you know what I'm talking about. You know the sound of your mother. You know the sound of your father. You know the sound, I mean, it's the Holy Spirit is the presence now in this place. Hello. The Christian life is that you are inside of God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And we're doing this together. But for you to do it by yourself, for you to to try to attempt to do it by, we don't know how to pray as we ought. And of course you can't. I, I mean, I'm, I'm glad you've come to realize that. In fact, you remember, you know, and this is one of those, those uh, things that just impacted your life. But the story in Matthew of the rich young ruler, remember that story? Comes to, to, to Jesus and talks about, you know, you know, and by the time it's done, he leaves, you know, downtrodden because he can't separate, you know, give away all of his, and, and, and you know, what does Jesus say? He says, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And what did the disciples say? Take a look at it. it it's, in, it's in verse 25 there. And, and, and it says, if, if I can get to my right page here, I'm so sorry. It says, when the disciples heard this, they were astonished and said, then who can be saved? And looking at them, Jesus said to them, with people, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Do you know why this impact? Because all of a sudden I went, yes! It's impossible to be a Christian. Jesus said so. But with God. All things are possible. So, do I want to take off on that one and just run now? The Christian life was never something you had to try and do. The Christian life was that you are in a relationship. You're you're in an entanglement with God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit is how it is lived. I mean, you, do you know what it's like to get up in the morning and stand in the mirror and look at that, what we used to call rat nest, and try and get a comb through it? You can't. Why? Because it's all entangled. You, you, you don't know. No, forget it. I'm, I'm not going to. That's dangerous. But I'll say it again. 
the Christian life was that you are in a relationship. You are in an entanglement with God. And that's how it's lived. Why is it that we, we only ever live trying to replace the Holy Spirit? The church has been famous for it. Don't tell me it hasn't. I grew up in the church. I know exactly what I'm talking about. We try to replace the Holy Spirit by doing the things we think we ought to do instead of being led by the Spirit into the things we should be doing. That comes from the inside. No. What does the church tell you? The church tells you what? You know, I've watched people walk into this house and people with, with a nice baseball cap on, they're sitting back there, and then I've, I've watched the religious come by and say, God rebuke you. Take that hat off. You're in the house of God. No. They are the house of God. And, and I, you know, I, I've watched rules and regulations my entire life with this. And it's just like I'll come back to it and say it again, that the reality of this very simple thing is that, hey, it's not. It's about a relationship, an entanglement with God. It's about the reality that we get lost in these, the, these, these transients of trying to replace the Holy Spirit. You know what? There's a lot of things that the church rules on people to do and I, I, I get that but the church is trying to replace what the Holy Spirit should be doing and so we've turned something that is spirit into law and it's empty, it's void, it's dark it, it, it causes people look, what have we said many times most people don't reject Christ, they reject the church. Hello, hello. I, I remember, you know, in teenage, you know, years in youth groups, we, we called them Christ ambassadors back then. And uh, we'd have those certain times where we'd go out and do our witnessing. I never wanted. And then they would teach you how it is you're supposed to witness to them. And when you come to them and you're going to lead them to Christ, you want to give them the ABCs. You know what I mean? You mean? Yeah. And so, so we're telling them how to get saved. This is how you do it. This is how you do it. This is how you do it. So you say it and you'll be saved. Mr. Mike. Pray this prayer with me. No, and, and we do this, but I want you to understand something. Please. We have rejected the Holy Spirit's work, the Holy Spirit's leading, the Holy Spirit's heart, and we attempt to do it ourselves without the Holy Spirit. That's not a relationship. That, that's, that's not even close. So, this is, is, is saying again, and I hope you understand it when I say, you, you haven't come, like, let, let's put it this way, you, you've come to the end of your rope. And hey, th ain't nobody know it like I know it, that's a terrifying place to be. It's a state of confusion, to put it mildly. 
I don't know how to pray. I don't know where to turn. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to pray. Remember, every believer is right there in one way or another because that's where we live. Don't give me your religious nonsense. I know how to pray. No, that's just a bunch of rugged... Don't don't get me started. But I'm going to tell you something. There are times I'll just be me, okay, me. I, I do not know how to pray. I, I don't. You know, I'm, ju- I'm just being honest and plain with you. But then Paul said, he not only said this here, but in that other scripture there in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12, and, and people are harassing him, remember? People are just taking him down left and right. He's come up against struggles within the church. They're tearing his message apart. They come in after Paul. They'll tell him, hey, you know, Paul's a good guy and everything, but he didn't tell you everything. Yeah, you start that, and God's grace this, but you can't come to Christ without first becoming a Jew because he's a Jewish Messiah. So you've got to become a Jew first, and then you can come to Christ. And they're just ripping him apart and slandering him and calling him names and everything. And they're destroying him. So what does he do? That boy prays. Lord, bring in the holy mafia. Let's take them down once and for all. Let's get rid of these guys. Now, I, I have agreed with that prayer in places in my life. But to me, as I... As I look at it, it's a, it's a perfect illustration. Paul didn't know how to pray. That didn't stop him from praying. The father said, no, I'm, I'm not going to take them out. I have a much better idea. And what he said to Paul was, I will be in you and with you to such a degree what do I pray? I pray, God, get me out of this persecution. Get, let, let, let me know your grace, God. I, I don't know. What do you pray? You pray for grace and the presence to go through it or to be miraculously delivered out of it? I don't know. I know you didn't come here this morning expecting to hear this kind of a message. Then there's this always, well, God, if it be your will, it's what it will be, whatever. No! Say that word with me. No! (laughs) You enjoyed that, didn't you? The verse is saying, you've come to the end of your rope. You don't know what to say. You don't know what to pray or even how to pray it, and you're not dealing with an unwilling, uncaring, some remote God somewhere. No, you're not. This has brought you 
to recognize the Holy Spirit's place in your prayers. You are not praying alone. Hello. You are not praying alone. Say that with me. I am not praying alone. Well, aren't they my prayers? If they just your prayers, then you're not praying as you ought. And let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit is not a prayer partner. He's entangled with your very heart, with your very soul. That's trying to say at the same time, Oh, God! Only I don't know how to say that. There he is of that heart. I'll say it again. The Holy Spirit is the key to this. That is, I am now entering into a glorious entanglement with the Holy Spirit. That from my innermost being, his prayers are going to be prayed. Can somebody say amen? You know what? It's, it's okay if you don't know what to say. It, it's okay. And, and it's okay if you say the wrong thing. Be Peter. You know, I've, I've been fortunate enough to be a grandfather of, of nine kids. Some of them are still, you know, Wrap around your ankle size. But each one of them used to come up to me as, as a little baby, as a little toddler, and they would go to me. And you know what I'd say? Really? I understood their heart. Might not have understood their words. So what if you come to God with the wrong words? He going to smile on you. He going to lift you up and put you on his lap, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, going to embrace you, and you're going to drool all over him. And he's going to love every bit of that. Bit of it. Anybody get what I'm saying? Over and over. In my, in my head, up, up and down, I go over things. I go over wells. It's, it's, I'm in a situation where it's hard to think straight. No, no words to say what's really, you know, churning, going on inside of me. I can't get the words out. And as a result, there's a groan inside of me. His word says, listen to me, that the feeling you're having is the Holy Spirit. He's picking up all of your come to the end of myself. And now he's speaking in the language of the Holy Trinity, which sounds to us like a groaning. I don't know where to turn. And he takes that, and the Holy Trinity understands that language. You might not be able to say anything, but 
you have been hurt. (coughs) My friend, you have been hurt. He takes hold of us when we can't speak, and he comes to us. It says in there that the Spirit helps us, right? Now, it's a very weak translation of the Greek. The Greek word is made up of three words. And it's like those three words, they're kind of all stuck together as if that word didn't do it. Okay, well, add this. No, that word didn't do it either, so we add this word. Let's put it this way. The Holy Spirit doesn't do it for us. He helps us right where we are. and I'm sorry, he, he helps us right where we are and helps us. The Holy Spirit doesn't do it for us. He helps us right where we are and helps us. I like that. He doesn't do it instead of us. If I help you, you're involved. We're all participants. We are really involved. We are asking the Father in the name of Jesus, but the whole but the Holy Spirit is asking with us. We're asking the Father, we're asking in the name of Jesus, and the Holy Spirit is asking with us. Do you get that? That's how entangled you are. The word help is weakly trans is, is weakly translated as 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 you know, let me try and, and, and see what it means here. It means to a take hold of, and stand with against. To lend a hand, in other words, to cooperate with another. To supply the help that exactly corresponds to the need. And I'm just scratching the surface. There's more to it. So he says, what what, what he's saying here is, the Holy Spirit's saying, let me do this, but you'll do it. Does that make sense? Probably not. That's okay. Let me do this, but you'll do it. Let me come alongside, and I will give you the exact help that you need in this very moment. Oh, man, I've gone late. I'm sorry. Can I share one story with you in ending? I'm not getting any answers, right? Okay. Well, yeah, but I didn't tell you it's 30 minutes long. I'm just kidding, just kidding. I have a friend, a good buddy, who uh, is an evangelist, basically. But he was talking. He had gone down into South America. And he was talking with an AG missionary who really wanted him to hear his story. This missionary was from lower... Brazil, around the Rio, the Rio de Janeiro, that big, you know what city I'm talking about, lower Brazil. And they were sending him, and his heart was set for the Amazon jungle. And the churches said, you know, oh, we'll pray for you, we'll support you, you know, you, you, you just go and 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 be our extension there. So 
he marries, and him and his wife go down into the jungles of Amazon. And as he's down there, it, it, it's, it's amazing uh, because he's coming up against these Indian natives. And, you know, they're, they're not friendly people at all. As a matter of fact, very recluse and very private and very violent in many ways. And, and they come down there, and, and they don't listen to him. And, I mean, they, they just shut him down. And he's down there now for a while. He has church, and only his wife shows up. Hmm. Then before long, the finances start drying up. And there's, there's no money coming in whatsoever. Him and his wife have a baby by the way. They're, they're alone. They're, they're starving. Nothing's happening. Nothing's going on. They're, they're, and, 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 you know, comes to his wife and he says to her finally, I've had it. I'm done. God has left me here all alone. You know, I don't want anything to do with him anymore. We're starving. We're we're dying here. And he, he sent me down here. Can you believe that? He sent me down here. Wife, you pack. Get everything packed. I, I'm going to go have a little confrontation with God. I'm going to tell him just, just what I think of this whole mess. I, I'm, not, I'm done with him. I'm done with this ministry. I'm done. I just want to go home, find something else to do, and raise my family and have a good time. So he goes into the jungle, and he walks for a ways out to the edge, and he finds this abandoned hut. And what he does is he lays on the floor, and he begins to just scream at the top of his lungs. In fact, and don't get upset at this, this just goes to show you. He starts cursing at God. You sent me here. Your promises. Ah, yeah, nothing. We're starving here. People aren't even listening to this message. I want nothing more to do with you, you so-called God. Suddenly the place was filled with the sense of God's presence. And the Holy Spirit spoke. I'm telling you, friends, you can't mistake the voice of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit said, I am so sorry. That, you're do, that, that you doing my work has separated our friendship. He said, I would rather you stop doing my work because your friendship is more important to me than all the work you'll ever do for me. And he left. Notice he didn't. said to my friend, he said, I got a new gospel that day. I got a new understanding that day. And he went back to his wife and told her, "Uh, honey, 
can you unpack that stuff? Because I'm not working for God anymore. He's my friend. And we're going to go talk to the neighbors together. And I can tell you now, I can tell you now, he has a full church in the jungles of Amazon. He has welcomed him and his family by the natives, and he is, this is a shame, but he is receiving totally no support. He is totally on independent support by the Indians of Amazon. He said, yeah, give him praise. He said, I've discovered the heart of this. His friendship with the Holy Spirit, which means I'm arm in arm with Jesus. I'm face to face with the Father. I'm brought together by the Holy Spirit. I pray to the Father. Spirit, I pray, I pray. The Lord's first word is love. But that will take us into Monday. Would you stand with me this morning? I don't know where your life finds you at. I don't know the formality and the rituals you go through on a daily basis. I don't know how much of your life you're living independent of the Holy Spirit. But He is a person. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You don't have, as it's not somebody else. Uh, they, they they have more of the spirit over there than I do. You know, they, they're they're more spiritual, of course, than I am. You know, they they oh man, they're on their knees, they're praying all the time. I, I, I just don't, I don't get. Oh, that drives me crazy. Because it's not about a doing; it's about a relationship. And whether you're doing a lot of stuff over here or you're doing a little over there, are you doing it together with the spirit? Are you praying with the Spirit? Are you being led by the Spirit? The Spirit of God making intercession, bringing us to meeting as the word intercession we understand. Do you realize that the prayers you pray are His prayers? down here and pray. I don't really know what to pray. What should I pray? And you know inside of you that there's some things that are things. Well, should I pray that I would be better, that I would do things more right, or or, or that I would uh, 
you know, God, I, I, I need this, this thing broken in my life because, you know, I'm, I'm doing too much of what I shouldn't be doing. And, you know, I got my eyes peeling, Lord. I'm going to keep looking. Um, Malia, go back to that one slide. It talks about the reality that what we're doing is praying out. You understand what we're saying here? Frantically going down through it. This is we're praying with him, not at him. Prayer is not making God do something. It is me and him doing it with him. Oh God, my family! God, I need you to intervene. My son is just a mess. My daughter, and well, she's a bigger mess. God, I need you to do something. That's not prayer. That's an SOS. And you can do that with God. Don't get me wrong, okay? But what I want you to realize, I want to pull out the potential that is in you. The fact that if you have received Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit has inscribed himself in you. There is so much potential in you. What I'm trying to show you is prayer is not making God do something. That it is, it is, it, it is me in him doing it with him. When you walk up to those kids, where's God? As he entangles every part of my mortal body, he goes beyond my body. Can I preach? Preach your love. But it's not my love. It's his love. And then the words, the prayers, we're praying with him. God, I hurt somebody. God, this is bothering my child, and you know what that's like? You could go on and on, but it's personal, relational. But it starts here, folks. It starts here. Lost my worship here. What, what, what is the song? Three, 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 three. We fall down, we lay our crowns at the feet of Jesus. The greatness of his mercy and love at the feet of Jesus. And we cry, holy, holy, holy. Cry, holy, holy, holy. We cry, holy, holy, holy. The Lamb. Can I say something to you this morning? Huh? 
I'm not going to do a big altar call here. That's just what they're going to say. The Holy Spirit makes intercession. He wants that relationship to be developed. And what I want to do this morning is I want to open up these altars. Maybe you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior. Guess what? He knows you. We invite you to know him. And, and let's be real. You, you know, maybe you're here today and you've been doing up and playing games with God all along. Anyways, you know the religious Christianism of words and actions that you're supposed to do. Whoopee. It's still empty life. You, you, you've given up because you tried to do it and it doesn't work, does it? Well, I, I never did get to, you know, well, no. We don't know how to praise without, not when we're doing it on our own. That's why it brings me into literal confrontation with the Holy Spirit. And I will not be confrontated. We pray for them. We pray for them. We pray for them. So this morning, we're going to just sing that chorus a couple times. 643 to be exact. But I invite you to just tune the music out. Nothing against you guys. Because I say that because maybe some of us need to cry and just scream at God. Ah, look what you've done. You brought me here. You've done this. Let me alone. Nothing's working out. Everything falls apart. He says, well, I don't want your words to get in the way of my friendship. And friendship is more important to me than you doing all the right things. So this, and I almost said this evening, well, it's getting close, isn't it? This morning, as we sing this song, let's just find a place to pray. Spend some time in his presence and realize this morning, realize this morning that you walk, you talk, you breathe, you live, you eat entangled together as one. As one. So, let's spend time together with him. We fall down, we lay across. Let's just find that place to Oh, oh. 